doing a double take. Things are not as always as they seem. Are you sure that's what you see? In this episode, upon further review, on the Gratitude Journal podcast. This is the Gratitude Journal podcast. Well, my friends, I'm doing a double take here to make sure that uh, there is no cough. Uh, Although I have a relatively mild headache, I think that has to do with the 7.2% beer I had relatively late in the evening last night. So I can honestly say I'm not suffering a headache. I do not have a fever that I know of. I don't feel feverish. So right off the bat, I'm grateful that at least as far as I know, without any elaborate testing, I do not have COVID-19. And I believe neither does my bride. So for these things, I am very, very grateful. Welcome back to another episode of the Gratitude Journal podcast, the uh, podcast that is available on the iHeart platform, as well as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thankful for all of the folks who have uh, downloaded the episodes so far, and hopefully you've actually gained a little bit of insight And I know that I've gained insight from others who have spoken and written about similar subjects on similar platforms. But I welcome you back nonetheless. Today in Northeast Ohio, the sun is blazing. There is not a cloud in the sky. And this is rare because the last four days have seemed otherworldly almost. In fact, yesterday I went for my walk after lunch. And I borrowed my wife's big Cleveland Indians jacket. It's this jacket that we bought in the most unlikely of places, the Cleveland Indians gift store at Progressive Field. Now, I know that sounds dumb, but we never buy stuff at the ballpark. I mean, it's just so overpriced. And it was one of these rare days in the summer where it was sweltering And Donna had had enough of sitting in the outfield, and we decided to leave. And we walked past the gift shop, and she said, let's just go in there. And I said, good, because maybe it's air-conditioned. And I remember going in, and they had this, like, 75% off sale. And she comes walking around the corner with this huge parka with cheap Wahoo emblazoned on the back. And she said, hey, look, this is 75% off. And I said, okay, well, that's fine. And it turned out that it was the warmest coat she has ever owned, and I can validate that. This jacket is so warm. I don't know whether we got the one that was made in Taiwan that someone put some extra filling in or something, but it is an extremely warm coat, and I bring it up because I had to put on that coat yesterday to go on my little 10-minute post-lunch stroll. It was just so damn cold, and I thought to myself, like three weeks or less away from Memorial Day weekend. Is this for real? And it's just been one of those times. And I guess it's not COVID-19 infected, but it just is coincidental that we've had like the worst spring weather during the worst time in our history. I mean, how about that for a perfect storm? 
As I've mentioned to those of you who have followed this podcast on its short journey, and to those who know me personally, I'm a big fan of newspapers. And that makes me sad to admit that since the newspaper industry is in disarray and is suffering and has disintegrated in many ways, shapes, and forms. But I'm trying to suck out the last morrow from the blood that was the empire called journalism or journalism as we knew it before the advent of the smartphone. And when I unfurl my paper, either in digital form or in the days that it's actually delivered on the front porch, to my left is this enormous apartment complex. And this apartment complex was kind of an accident. As some of you probably know, the house that we live in was the home built by my wife's mom. And it was in in an area in Akron that was growing because of the sheer amount of jobs available in this area. Akron, Ohio is... Akron, Ohio has lived up to its name as the rubber capital of the world. And it's a city that was actually third on the Nazi bombing charts, as they discovered several years after the war, because of the sheer amount of industry. There was no unemployment in this city for long stretches of time due to the rubber industry and other ancillary and connected businesses to rubber and steel and other manufacturing. In this area housed a lot of people who worked at, especially Goodyear, because Goodyear is the factory and the corporate offices that are closest to us out of all of the the rubber-affiliated industries. And in this small neighborhood in an area of Akron called Ellet, Donna's mom purchased this small corner lot and had this very modest home put on it, a less than 1,200-square-foot home. And the promise by the realtor was that she was going to have this unobstructed view westward and southwestward of Akron and the Rubber Bowl and the Goodyear Blimp Hanger and all the way into downtown, and it was going to be the most uh, sought-after view in Summit County. And so I'm not sure that she bought it because of that. I think the price was right. But she said, great, okay. And the good thing is we are on a hill, and sometimes when it rains a lot, as is the prediction for the next couple of days... We tend not to get too nervous because we are on a hill and it's very helpful. So a couple of months after she bought the property and had the home built with the quote-unquote best view in Akron, somebody went ahead and constructed an apartment complex, a nine-story apartment complex, right in her field of view. So 
congratulations on the <laughs> on the best view in Summit County. And so that's what we look at. And so when we tell people who want to come visit, we always tell them, well, you know, you come down our street and then on your right, you're going to see what looks like this monstrosity, this rectangular thing. And we sit behind this rectangular thing. I mean, it's really, as the kids say, but ugly. It looks like something in St. Petersburg, Russia, or something in North Korea. And they, this is not the only example of this person's brilliant architecture because dotted throughout Summit County are similar structures. One of those structures just happens to sit uh, almost in our backyard. And our worry when we came back from St. Louis was, you know, your mom lives in this house next to that apartment complex. We really don't know who's living there. You know, what happens with apartment complexes, blah, blah, blah. But knock on wood, that's wood. In the over 10 years that we've been back, there's been relatively few disturbances coming from this apartment complex. Probably and primarily because most of its residents are elderly people, some relatively ill, and we see quite a few ambulances that come over. So when I unfurl my newspaper, I look to my left and my eye sight is obviously confronted immediately by this but ugly structure. And so Donna always kind of complained about it over this past decade, as did I, mainly because her chief complaint was that people would, during the winter, when the leaves would be non-existent, that people would be looking out their window and looking at us in our kitchen. We have a sliding glass door that separates a small little portion of our deck and then some backyard and then the road and then this building. But I guess my response to that has always been, well, you know, they have a window and that's their lookout onto the world and our house just happens to be in its line of sight. So I'm sure they're not just looking to see what we're having for breakfast, but over the years she's been fairly convinced that it's pretty much the opposite. So I've always cast a kind of a leery eye towards this building. But lately, when I've been reading my paper over the past year, I, I've noticed that certain activities seem to mirror my own. There's one particular apartment about four stories up whose resident turns a light on about the same time that I turn my light on to come out in the morning to read the paper. I've never seen this person, but I wonder 
what this person must be going through. I wonder who this person is. I see numerous people walking out of the building over to their cars. I hear cars starting up. I hear car doors slamming. And I'm wondering, is that the person on the level four apartment with the light that turns on the same time that mine turns on? Is this person reading? Are they watching television? Are they affected by COVID-19? Who is this person? Why are they here? And I know it seems odd to be grateful for a butt-ugly apartment building. But sometimes things don't always appear as they are. I remember the first time I saw the Karate Kid. And I just didn't see it coming. And in the 40-odd times that I've probably watched it since then... I was always amazed at myself that I didn't see what was almost in front of my eyes to see. Like, did you not really figure out that Mr. Miyagi was having Daniel sand the deck and those arm motions were teaching him the martial arts. I mean, did you really not see that? But at the time, no, I didn't. I mean, I was absolutely shocked. How did I miss that? It's what amazed me about that movie from the beginning. I mean, Obi-Wan Kenobi said it in Star Wars. Don't trust your eyes. They can deceive you. And I think sometimes I look at this building and I say to myself, I know it's an eyesore. I know it sits right on top of us. I know none of my siblings would ever move into this house because it sat next to this huge apartment complex, which is also a house that is surrounded by other lower-income apartment housing complexes. We live in a very modest, blue-collar area of this city. And I've always had to be on my... I've always had to be watchful because of where we're located. We hear a good amount of sirens in our end of town. But not everything is as it seems. And I sometimes wonder as I turn left between stories in the paper or get up to get more coffee, I look at the empty apartments across the way. And I wonder why they're empty. I look at the person on the fourth level apartment who all of a sudden turned his or her light off and wonder, is that person going to work? Did they work all night? And now they're going to bed? Do they even have a job? And the building itself began to almost represent a kind of checkerboard that every little square in that ridiculously unattractive building, every single square has a story to tell. And that person looking through their window may not even be looking at us. Although I can't convince Donna of this. 
but they just might be looking out their window wondering what the day is going to bring. If today is the day it happens. If today is the day that the mailman brings the bad news. If the person who owns the building will only let them stay just one more month. That everybody has a story. And everybody's story is their story. And while we can commiserate or we can offer conjecture about why this person is doing what they're doing or how they're doing how they're doing it. Each of us owns our own story. And nobody else can truly understand the complexity of those stories. Since 2015, our granddaughter, Mally, has been battling a glioblastoma, one of the worst brain cancers that you can have, and she's defeated it once. And then a couple of years ago, there were some spots located in her back, and it prevented her from walking. And so she went through another round of chemo and radiation and physical therapy and existing in a wheelchair for a short time and just making immense strides to come back. And Donna's son, Preston, forwarding a small little videos of showing her and the successes that she's had. Being able to navigate the, the maze of rehabilitation and the high fives after succeeding and all these little victories both of them going through their journey in their own world that we can't possibly hope to understand, even though we give a thumbs up after seeing a video via text. We don't know what they're going through. Certainly don't know what she's going through. And then to get a negative diagnosis a couple of weeks ago, saying that the glioblastoma has returned. And Preston sent a text last week saying, if you guys can come out here, that would be great, because I don't think that she's going to be fighting much longer. So there's lots to think about in a couple of days when we journey to St. Louis to see Mally and the family, get a report on what's happening, try to figure out how to act and react. And that's our story. And it would be easy to say that no one fully understands our story. Our story is the most important story because it sounds the worst. But intuitively, we know that's not true. That everybody has their own journey that they're going on. 
just like all of the people in those checkerboard squares in that building have their own story, their own path that they're walking to overcome something or to be better at something or to merely survive something. The other day, I had just finished up reading my paper and I had switched over to my phone to get a couple of sports tidbits. And the sun was rising in the east and it gave me a momentary flash as it hit a piece of metal or steel on the top of the building. And it made me turn to my left to look at the ugly apartment complex. And several floors up was a person kneeling. It looked like they were kneeling against their window, just kind of looking out over everything. They were looking down at the apartment complex. And almost at the same time that I looked over because of that flash of sun, he lifted his head up and made eye contact with me and just waved. And I waved back. And then he left to go back to his own story because not everything is as it seems. Not everything is as you think it is. So as we go on our journey Friday to continue this really unbelievable and devastating journey that Mally has been on. I think about that just really brief interlude. A simple wave at somebody you don't know in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of both of our worlds, maybe even crumbling at the same time, who knows? And really finding it hard to believe that I would find a sliver of gratitude in a really unattractive square building. But not everything is as it seems. And I know we're all getting tired of hearing the soft piano music and the voiceover from the various businesses reminding us that we're all in this together. I'm feeling a little bit of that too. I just want baseball to come back. And quite honestly, I'm tired of wearing a mask everywhere I go. But that's the reality of our journey right now. And if you have yet to feel the tentacles of COVID-19 in all its worst forms, then I'm pretty thankful for that. I'm pretty thankful for you just checking in and downloading the latest episode of the Gratitude Journal Podcast. Thank you.